Welcome to another episode of Stay Naked. I'm Alicia and this is Ariana. And we are so excited to join you guys this morning. It's a beautiful day today. And we are just going to be talking so much about the beautiful event we just had a few weeks ago. Uh, The Tina Unleashed. That's right. So today you get a secret look behind um, the Tina Unleashed event. And it was a real, real phenomenal event. And there were some really great things that happened oh, after. It was such a beautiful event. So let's get right to it. So let's yes. just kind of set the stage for you. The event was held at the Union HTX, which is a art gallery in the historic Washington district, um, where you see a lot of um, probably antique properties that were converted and they're repurposed. And so you are in this historic side of Houston and the entire building externally and interior is all white. Beautiful. The light in there is so beautiful. I, I don't know. I think that we found such a perfect venue for the event because we were talking in very intimate ways about the things that we felt we needed to unleash, things that... Um, just hold us back, you know, from reaching our fullest potential. And I know that you and I shared that day and it became very emotional, especially when um, everyone was sharing just the things that they needed to unleash in order for them to kind of move forward and get going with their life. Um, I remember talking a little bit about just unleashing my self-doubt and how I felt like, you know, sometimes I have the imposter syndrome and I deal with it in so many different ways and just letting go of it and not having such a sense of like, I don't belong, um, that it's okay for me to be in different places. Um, do you remember yours? Yeah, for sure. So, um, when we got into the actual discussion, we set the stage by providing our own example of kind of our own demons that we deal with. And so for Alicia, it was, the imposter syndrome, which yes. I had no idea. And in, this, in a minute, you'll have to explain to the audience right. what you mean by that. I, I will. For me, my issue was, I believe it was more related to um, maybe body image and not and never feeling like it's enough. And I'm such a people pleaser. Right. Yeah. And, and just me being incredibly hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And I spoke openly about a period in my life where I went through some really dark phases. Right. Right. And we borrowed from, from the lessons learned from that, how I overcame Mm -hmm. that darkness and stepped into this new life of, um, abundance and positivity. I don't mean materialistic abundance, but the abundance mentality. And, Mm -hmm. and and so we, we set the stage by sharing our own issues. Um, for me, I talked a lot about how Raised in a Latino culture, yes, I saw images of women that were over sexified, and for me, mm-hmm. I aspired since I was very little to be the best at everything. I wanted to be the best dancer, the best singer, the best student. Right, I, I wanted to be the best looking girl in the group. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the most liked. So I had these grandiose, unrealistic expectations of myself and I would always let myself down. The other thing that I talked about was how I was so young. I was only 17 
when I lost my virginity. And I, at that point in my life, I wanted so badly to have a romantic relationship because I grew up watching soap operas, telenovelas, Mm -hmm. things that really put women into this role of the beautiful damsel who is rescued by a handsome, you know, strong man. And so for me, I gave myself away very easily in searching for the romantic feeling, for the romantic emotion, and skip the entire part of learning who I am first, valuing myself, Mm -hmm. so that I can then discern who is worthy of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even today, right, Adi, I think you feel like all of those lessons have been sticking with you either in a good way or not. Like you have to revisit them every once in a while. I never quit learning. Mm -hmm. I never quit learning. And I think that's a topic for, you know what? No, I'm not going to make that topic for another episode. I'm going to address it right now. Mm -hmm. So that is an issue that I continue to battle with. I've discussed on the program before that I am divorced. I've been divorced for almost two, for almost two years now. I've right. been some uh-huh. serial dating. And there is something within me that it's it's this limiting belief that's preventing me from really receiving what is meant for me. Yes, girl. And I say that because Thank you. I have this, this pattern where I continue to fall for men who are unavailable to mm-hmm, me, whether mm-hmm. they're emotionally unavailable mm-hmm. or just physically exclusively with unavailable. We can't be exclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I learned in the last, you know, year that I, you know, that I was dating is fun can be had anywhere at any time. I've proven that I can be or that I can feel Yes. Like the most gorgeous girl in the room. Mm -hmm. I have had the experience of, you know, being asked out by the most handsome man in any room. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've proven that. So what? Mm -hmm. Well, now that's not enough. Now I don't want that. I want to create meaning. Yeah. I want to be a complete woman who is accompanied by a complete man. Mm -hmm. And together we create and build it's not about completing each other. It's about creating and building. But there's this thing that keeps happening to me yeah, where I sell myself short. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to that story that you shared from the beginning, the story of not feeling like you're good enough at, the, at some point and that you needed to have that validation from the men. But I think at this point where you are now in your life, I think you've discovered that you have the tools not only the tools mentally, physically, spiritually, because you are a very spiritual person, to f- to face them and to be like, hey, this is not right. I don't like this and moving forward and setting those boundaries for yourself. And I think that's something that I've discovered about you along the way. And I sort of think, you know, sometimes I don't know if you're asking me or you're wondering if I'm going to step in at some point, but I think you always see that I, you know what I'm talking about or what you, what I mean without having to be overtly, you know, bitchy about it. But, um, I think, I think if anything, I always try to get you to see your own, your own value system. You know, sometimes you need a girlfriend to remind you you're valuable, you're beautiful, you're perfect, and that you deserve those things that you've been wishing for. And they're not going to be those things outside of, of, of the realm of possibilities. 
They are totally possible. You're just not giving yourself that opportunity to make them possible. I just don't know why I keep doing it. Well, and I think it's because you're just still, um, you're just still sort of going through those, those, those things on your own. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that you're unleashing now. And, um, it's a process. I think that's something that we all learn that it's a process. And can I tell you, I've, I've discovered a lot of things about myself along the way too, even through the whole unleashing thing, I discovered that I don't, um, tolerate a lot of things like I used to. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't put up with a lot of nonsense as I used to, you know what I'm saying? Um, I used to just sort of be the one that would just take on a a task and just run with it and be like, Oh, I'll, I'll do it. I'll get it done. And I discovered that about myself too, through this whole unleashing thing that I just need to stop being everybody's savior, everybody's helper, everybody's. So even when I saw you struggling and having your challenges, I determined that you would come to those challenges on your own. And that if you needed me to jump in and be like that source of strength, if you needed that, then I would be there for you. But I wasn't going to be over. You weren't going to assume that position. I wasn't going to assume that position. Why? Because number one, you're a very smart woman. You're a very mature, intelligent woman. And um, making that assumption would put you in a condescending way. That's sort of like saying she's a little girl. She needs me. I need to lift her up. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, can I be a source of wisdom for you? Can I be a source of strength for you? Because one thing I do have is is a real clear sense of who I am. And if you need to borrow some of that fucking confidence, I'm more than happy to give it away. And, and I love that. push that on you. But also not in a way where I'm going to be like, you know, listen to me right now. Right. What I will do, however, which I did for you this morning, as I said, you are so worthy. You are so valuable. Get out of that place and move forward. Because I feel like you're just on the verge of just breaking away from whatever's holding you back. And that's a pattern that I've seen in my life where I'm at this exponential growth opportunity and I self-sabotage. And that's exactly what unleashing was about. It is. Absolutely. And and so we're not perfect beings always seeking perfection. We're humans and we're going to, we're going to default. Right. And the, the, the idea though, is to be so aware. Yes. Keyword. To be so aware and to say, okay, I'm falling off course. This does not feel right. And for me, I can tell you, I have not had internal peace. And when my internal peace is disturbed, as the movie says, mm-hmm. there's a disturbance in the force. <laughs> yes. And I, and I, I, I shared a bit at Tina Talks you and did. this we will save for another podcast, but I talked about my journey in sobriety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this month I celebrated three years without a Amazing. drink Congrats. and I've felt that interior peace. I felt what we call the pink cloud, mm-hmm. which is, you feel like you're living in this new realm. You are woke. You are alert. You are nothing can phase you. If you look at the external circumstances, materialistically, nothing has really changed. Mm-hmm. It's the internal that changed. And so my attitude, my, the way that I show up in life is different. And right now I can say that I've been showing up in life half ass. I haven't been showing up the way that I have before. And I'm not going to beat myself up for it. We all indulge our inner child, which is what I think I've been doing. 
but enough is enough. But at the same time, the fact that you have that awareness that you have not, you know, because I, I know that there's moments in everybody's life that we all go through these periods of like, oh, I'm so tired of being just always on point, always working. Oh, you just get tired of it. Like that sense, just like, oh, I can't do it anymore. But always going back, I call it like rocking my boat. Like that's what I feel like whenever shit isn't going right for me, it's like my boat is like getting water in it and I can't stop from the water to come in my boat. And I'm like trying so hard to put the water out because I'm going to sink at some point. But my either my boat is rocking and I'll tell my husband that I'll say, I feel like my boat is rocking and I, I can't, I can't have it rock. I need it to be steady. Like that is one of my things. Like I need steadiness for everything. But at the same time, I've been sensing and that's something that happened to us, you and I both. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode, how both of our boats were at the point where they were ready to sink right before that event. That boat was about to tip over. It was. It was a Titanic <laughs> happening so fast and, and we couldn't stop it. And the quartet was playing. Yes. And it was happening to us and we saw the tip. We saw that boat tipping over. Remember that? Yes. And you know what? We embraced each other. And I just want to thank you for your Ooh. strength and for your resilience and for for being the voice of reason when I need it. And really, I couldn't imagine doing something like this without you. The fact that we kind of didn't even hit it off that well when we first met and the fact <laughs> that we're, there's a whole complete different level of trust when we put both of our names down on an LLC. Yeah. Partnership. I know. Sharing a bank account, like... <laughs> 50-50, I know. But you know what? I think a part of that process and signing on to being partners is actually being a partnership. It's actually saying, hey, I and that's what I said to you those days before. You need me to lift you up, I will lift you up. You need to lift me up, you will lift me up. That is what we're supposed to do for each other. We don't sign up to something saying, Adi, you're gonna do everything. Alicia, you're doing everything. You don't sign up to anything thinking that. Let's wait for that on the next episode because this is like. Yes. And yeah. that's, that's what true queens do. And uh, that's what Tina is all about. And that is what Tina's about. Tina is about empowering women, sharing our examples on how we empower each other, being completely transparent about, you know, how we struggle because we know that other women go through their own things and they have worse things. Look, I was at a meeting yesterday where I met a young mother who, you know, was kicked out by her husband who had physically abused her for years. She lost her children to CPS. She's unemployed, doesn't have wow. means of transportation and is living by herself. And she is devastated every time she comes home to mm -hmm. an empty home without her family there. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why I attend these types of meetings is one, it's for my own sanity, but secondly, it helps me get out of myself. Perspective, right? Correct. Mm. Gratitude. Gratitude. At the end of the day, if you look at my life, I'm very privileged. I'm very spoiled. This weekend, I was at a family reunion and I was speaking with one of my family members who mm -hmm. recently went on this train excursion in Mexico. Wow. And she went to visit these copper mines 
Interesting. And there, there are indigenous people that live inside the caves. I'm talking like 20 families inside a cave. No electricity, no water. There's an outhouse. Families sharing cots. They're walking their children to the nearest school, which is miles and miles away. Mm. There's no roads. There's no pathways. Mm -hmm. They're walking on little chanclas, little sandals on big, real boulder rocks, not like this decorative pebbles, like real mountain rocks. Mm, wow. Taking their kids to the local town. The, the town is so far away that the kids sleep at the school the whole week. And then the moms come and pick them up back up that Friday. And the teachers are staying Amazing. with the kids 24 seven. But the, but these people valued their education so much that they make that sacrifice. And they're teaching these kids to create, you know, artisanal things, to build things, to sell things, not to be beggars. Wow. And so when I heard that story, I thought, here I am throwing away Nikes and Adidas shoes or mm-hmm. I don't throw them away. I, I, I take them no, to families I'm, in need. You donate but, them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important to get out of ourselves. And that is one thing that we discussed at the Unleashed event getting out of our own head, getting out of our own selves. A problem getting is out of have. our own way. Exactly. We are our worst sabotager. You just said it this morning. You just said it earlier. You just said it 10, 15 minutes ago. You sabotage yourself when you know you're ready for the next part. And it's subconscious. It you don't go into it no, you know, like, exactly. I'm going to fuck this up now. No, it's subconscious, but it's, it's connecting to that subconscious thing, unleashing it and letting it go. And not letting it capture you anymore and take over whatever you need to do to move forward. And so how do we do that, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we discussed at Tina. We did. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what that, what that looked yes. like. So it started out with our chat. Mm-hmm. And then some of the women opened up and shared some of the issues they were dealing with, right? So we gave them a worksheet where we gave some examples of different situations. Like, do you often find yourself yelling at other drivers on the road. Mm-hmm. You find yourself becoming extremely impatient, waiting in long lines, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then they started to check off the ones that they, you know, that they, they identified with. Yeah. And then they started to share, you know, kind of the source of their frustration for that. And then we looked at a word scramble and we looked at, um, you know, like what are some ways that you've been you know, feeling lately. It's like anger, resentment, jealousy, bitterness, all of that. And these, so these, these worksheets were designed to help women in a concrete way, visualize and see for themselves their pattern. Yeah. Because we live with ourselves every day. And if we were to, so, you know, when you did go on a nutrition plan, you document the hours you worked out, the meals you eat, mm-hmm. the grams of sugar. Mm-hmm. If we documented and journaled our emotional outbursts and our behaviors. Yeah. <laughs> right. We would be probably shocked at how more often we behave a certain way than we thought. And so that was taking that inventory. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we got to a point where we started sharing, you know, what was the biggest frustration, emotional hangup? There were women who shared, you know, these are women who have teenage daughters, but they themselves, the women have issues with their mothers. Yeah. 
that they haven't forgiven their mothers for things that happened when they were teenagers. So it's like, okay, you're at, in, at an interesting point in your life because your daughter is now the age you were when you had this experience. Right. How are you preparing for your daughter feeling the same way about you? And what are you doing to exemplify that for your daughter? When will you forgive your mother so that your daughter can live in peace and forgive you? Right. And all of those things that we carry from childhood. We all have mommy, daddy issues. We do. We all do. We all carry something that our parents. And that's that's so much like psychotherapy that I've heard that, you know, you always go back, okay, to your childhood. Absolutely. Because all of those things were established when you were very young. Our internal dialogue, our internal voice Mm -hmm. is developed by the age of six. Can we talk a little bit about how you felt when your mom walked in the room? (laughs) Because that changed the dynamic for you. And I think it's something that our listeners need to hear because it did change a little bit of how you approach the conversation. Well, I'm curious to hear first, how did you see that? Because I probably do this all the time and don't even notice. Well, no, when I, and so I've never met her. I think I've met her one time, but I don't remember her very well Mm -hmm, at your birthday. Um, And just sensing a tightening on your body. I'm not sure if, um, if it happened at the moment when you saw her or later, but I remember turning to you and looking at you and you just tightened up and you had a little bit of like a, like a, you held your breath a little and you said, that's my mom. I didn't think she was coming. <laughs> and so I just didn't know what to think of it, but I, what I did sense from you was like, you were not, uh, oh, so you, you regrouped. Right. You regrouped immediately. You know, you were on a flow and yes. that flow was sort of hit on its path and you regrouped. You regained yourself. I felt the same way that I <laughs> I felt sure the same way as when I was a second grader playing the violin and performing on stage for the first time and seeing my mom walk in yeah. or seeing her in the audience. I felt the same way. Are you on a constant um path to make her happy? No, I don't think it's necessarily that. It's that I let it all hang out all the time. And this time, you know, when we have these podcasts, when we have the Tina Talks, I tend to be a little bit more edgy than usual. And obviously I say things that I typically wouldn't say in front of my mother. Right. So when I saw her walk in, I Uh thought in that split second, okay, do I clean up the act because she's here? And then when you felt me kind of have that sense of relief, I said, no, Uh I'm my own woman. Yeah. She's coming to my event. Mm -hmm. She's going to love me regardless. I'm going to continue to let it all hang out. I'm going to be completely transparent. And you said to me, my mom knows me. My mom knows me. Which is so key. Because you think, okay, I need to clean it up because she's around. You don't because your mom knows you. You know, she knows you're a dirty girl, (laughs) (laughs) which my mom is too. But I would, you know, if she was to come into the room, I would definitely try to behave better. But at the same time, she knows I'm a loud mouth. She knows I'm opinionated. And she knows at this point in my life as a 44-year-old woman, she can't do anything about it, (laughs) even if she tried. Exactly. But I think that was such a really interesting moment. And not only that, but her 
telling you at the end how she loved it, had a great time and enjoyed the conversation, which is so special. If anything, Ariana, if you didn't touch anyone, your mom left that room knowing her daughter pulled it off. Thank you for that. And I think that is, that is priceless. Those moments with our parents, because I know it, because I do everything to make them proud. Everything I do in my life, I do it so that they're proud of me. I think we need to have a podcast with our parents. And and if I was to do anything that would bring shame to my mom or or my dad, would just kill me. Any little mistake I make, I want to make sure that I don't make it because I don't want them to think that I made a mistake. And that moment you had at the end when you just turned around and your face was just the most happiest. You're like, she loved it. She had a great time. She said it was the best thing. It was a great experience. How lovely to have that experience. No doubt. And so if anything, go home with that sense that she loves you, she appreciates you, and she's proud of you. Thank you. And I felt it. I sensed it. It was a beautiful moment. Thank you. I think, I think it was adorable that she started to chime in. And beautiful. I love that. She was saying, you know, like, y'all wouldn't believe it. Ariana was a super shy little girl. She wouldn't talk to anybody. She wouldn't even laugh. She wouldn't giggle. People didn't believe it. And when we left, she said, and there I go again, getting all up in the mix and giving no. my two cents. I was like, mom. It, they loved it. Loved it. You added to it. And I was like, plus, you are you and I know you and I value you. And beautiful. And, and, and we created something different. And it is what it is. And interestingly enough, Sweet. I think ever since then, our ability to navigate together mm-hmm. has been a little easier. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. We travel this weekend and you know, anytime you're in a confined space with your mother for X amount of days, like there's always yes. going to be some kind of tip. Oh, tens. <laughs> exactly. So everything was great. Yeah. Fun. She and I go to brunch at our favorite place down in South Texas in far. Yeah. And the waiter brings out the plates and she said, I didn't order this. And I said, yes, you did. And she looks at me like, how dare you? And the waiter was like, you ordered the huevos rancheros. She's like, but I always get the huevos divorciados when I come here. I was like, but you might have been thinking divorciados, but you verbalized rancheros. I was listening to you, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It even surprised me. Perhaps I should have said, are you sure you don't mean you know, the other place? Yeah, because you're used to it. And you've heard her So say, then she was like, yeah. no, that's not what I want. <laughs> and the waiter was like, well, you know, since it wasn't my mistake, I can't replace the order. So if you want to order an additional plate, my mom was like, no, just take the plate away. I'm not eating anything. I'm leaving. Uh-huh. And I hate it when she does that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, she looked at me like, what are you doing? You should never contradict me. You should have just had my back. And in that moment, I was like, you know what, mom? I'm just going to step out and catch my breath for a little bit. I'm going to get some fresh air. I was mad. So I went and I stepped outside and I was yeah. fuming. And then I thought, okay, mm-hmm. she's got a point. I could have her back because that's my mom and I just got her back. But at the same time, like... I'm the kind of person that when I see something, like I have to be honest about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my lesson was like, okay, maybe next time I just shut up. You you don't sugarcoat it. I don't. And I think that's a good thing. I don't think you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. She did. She did. But at the same time, she's kind of looking for loyalty, you know. Right. It's so funny because even with your parents, you just never know what's just going to be. You really don't. Okay, yeah. So then I walk back in after I pull down. And I sit in front of her and she looks at me and you can see in her face, she just wanted to cry. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I keep doing this to you. I'm so sorry. And I was like, mom, Mm -hmm. 
It's fine. Mm -hmm. You are you. It's part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. But how beautiful that you've come to that understanding. Because a lot of people struggle with that. They don't understand that their parents are that way or they're different or that you've grown up in such a different way from them. And they don't leave a lot of those, um, those thoughts behind. They carry them along with them all the time. You just learn to manage them. You just learn to manage your parents. Well, and if we're going to be talking about being unapologetically you and embracing each other, our mother is the first one we should empower. Yes, for sure. Because she also seeks our approval the way we've sought hers. Yeah. And you know what? We don't think about that. I never think that she seeks my approval, but she seeks my approval all the time. In conversations that she has, she just wants to know if I'm okay with it. Tell what your mom I think how beautiful about it. she looks next time. And how I, much of a difference that makes. Yeah. Tell her more often how beautiful she is. Point out the good qualities and I in her. don't. And I don't because, you know, I just assume. Well, because they don't on us. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is that I don't know about your mom, but my mom wasn't raised with words of affirmation. So they were very pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get shit done kind of women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't have her little heart. You know, I I just see mom as this mom. You know what? And I always see her as like a superpower. Yes. Someone that doesn't need any, like anything from anything. But honestly, in the last few years, I see her as more vulnerable and more um, delicate. And I feel like I need to advocate a lot more for yes. her because she won't advocate for herself. No. She will just let shit happen. And I'm like, no, you can't let that happen. Like yeah. the doctor can't do that to you. Or what medicine that they give you, that's fucked up. They can't give you that medicine. Mom, you're not, that's, you're just not for And so I jump in every time for her. And sometimes I feel like maybe I jump in too much. But honestly, if I didn't jump in, I think she would sense that I'm not care, caring for her anymore. To check out more what happened at Tina Unleashed, check out our photos on Facebook and Instagram. Tina Talks To Me on Instagram, The Tina Talks on Facebook, and at thetinatalks.com.